and Karina and Kirsten get to work, we want you to vote. That's what we want. Just vote. That's what we're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Karina and Kirsten Get to Work. I'm Kirsten Barron. And I'm Karina Hoyer. And it is so great to have you today because we are psyched, excited, looking forward to election day. You're fired up. Kirsten drove up in my driveway. She like sped in at 35. I peed out. And she's like, I'm fired up. I'm fired up. I am fired up today. Yes, I am fired up because one, we get to talk about ease, meaning, and joy for women at work. Yes, yes. And this really is, voting is a pivotal pivotal part of our experience at work. Yeah. And we're going to tell you why. And we are on the lands of the traditional lands of the Lummi and Nooksack people. It's beautiful. And I remain so grateful for all that came before. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here we are, ready to talk about voting. But before we get there, because we always do, because we always do, we always have something we want to talk about first. Something in my brain, I just want to just like comment on really. So I have been, I think, watching a new kind of leadership develop, mm-hmm. and I've been hearing these. The I've been hearing the words about belonging and community. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm going to say five to ten years. John Powell's work, community and belonging, right? But I have been hearing our electeds and our, our our community leaders and our candidates talk about leadership with love mm-hmm. and compassion, mm-hmm. which like, okay, come on. Those are not words that somebody in leadership has used with me before. Right. Like I just am feeling like I'm hearing more of this in more and more places. Yeah. Most recently, I think you were saying you were at a panel, you were watching a panel of women and really struck by this, that the conversation, the conversation was leadership with compassion. Yeah. And there were three amazing women leaders in our community talking about some work that they did on the children's initiative, which we'll talk about later. But um, I heard it there. I've heard it from a candidate running for office. Mm-hmm. I've heard it from another um, retiring, somebody who's retiring out of public office in another part of the country. And so it's just interesting. And yeah. I, I think I'm like, I just am commenting on, I think something is changing. Yeah. It is, yeah. And I posit that it's because women are at the table. Which is what we're talking about today. Which is what today. we're talking about. Yep. Yeah, and I, when you brought this up, you called me the other day to kind of reflect on it, and I agree with you. I think that it is an, it's it's happening, and it's an interesting thing to observe, and it's an interesting thing to observe internally when someone starts talking about leadership and leading with love and compassion about really tough issues, like addiction mm-hmm. and mental health, and some things that I don't think we have led with love in the past. I have to actually stop myself from going kind of to a cynical place. Absolutely. And think, wait, no, no, no. They are talking about what I want. They're talking about what I truly want Mm -hmm. for my community or for my children or for, you know, Mm -hmm. the people who live here. And it's an, and so not only is it, is the change happening and we're observing it externally, I think it forces an internal dialogue that I haven't had to have. I haven't had. It just, isn't that's the fun part, right? Like it's like, Oh, this is not what I'm used to hearing. How am I going to process this internally? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I have to say, I'm loving it. That's great. Me too. I'm loving it. I love anything that forces me to process something internally. And it's women-led, which again, we will we'll talk about today, the importance of women in leadership roles specifically. 
elected. Mm-hmm. It's elected. It is amazing. Yeah. And, you know, we're doing this episode because it's two weeks from election day. Mm-hmm. And plenty of time to get your vote in. Yeah. Or to schedule yourself to show up to vote. And plenty of time to get informed. Yeah. So uh, two weeks away from Election Day in the U.S., although we are going to talk about the power of women in politics across the world because there's some great data out there. But, you know, I've been thinking a lot about my own personal experience with women in leadership roles. Mm -hmm. And I think or in elected leadership roles. And, you know, so much of this comes down to what's happening in our own communities. And we have women we have a woman running for mayor. Mm-hmm. We have women who are in our state legislature that we get to vote for. We have traditionally, you and I have traditionally supported other women candidates mm-hmm. in their own bids for state and local positions. And in Washington state where we live, we have women who represent us at the federal level as mm-hmm. well. So it's really interesting to kind of think about what they themselves have done and what our own yeah female electeds have accomplished from their positions. Yeah. And it's mo- it's a motivation to keep voting for women, more women. Boy, is it ever. Because we know that things change. Things are different. Different legislation is advanced and supported based on gender. Yeah. It's just, it's the whole concept of diversity about people at the table and their experiences. I will say, when I have had the great opportunity to sit with anybody who any woman who is in office there are so many things I don't have to explain Mm -hmm. it's such an interesting thing and I think about how people of color must feel when they're talking to other people of color yeah like there's an ease in just not having to explain you know what it is to like be pregnant or go through menopause or go through pre-puberty as a woman, like all of the things that you don't have to explain when you're talking about healthcare or pay or all the things. Mm-hmm. I just, the ease, right? The ease of those conversations. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Not that, not that dudes can't get it, but I just don't feel that same ease. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. And uh, turns out we've got a long way to go to have representative representation Mm -hmm. across the board. Mm -hmm. Um, We uncovered a lot of stats, a lot of facts and figures about this. Do you want to jump into those, Katie? Yes, and kudos to the UN, who UN Women has just decided recently to kind of jump into this data and give us some information, which is great. So this is a new thing that that, that UN Women has been doing. So in September of 2023, like a hot minute ago, there were 26 countries where women serve as heads of state. Yes. As a reminder, there are 195 countries in the world. Yeah. Just over 10% have a woman head of state. Right. So if we continue at this rate, when will we get to gender parity? 130 years from now. It's like almost a century and a half. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And when we talk about women who are in kind of cabinet positions or agency positions, you know, as we think about the U.S., those women are primarily in family, children's affairs, some kind of social inclusion or development, protection, social security, indigenous and minority affairs. So it's so interesting Mm -hmm. that we are in the places, you know, that we kind of already know better. Yeah. Right. Which is fascinating to me. 
in both good and bad ways. Yeah. I when I read stuff like that that the these commonly held positions by women are in again federal or heads of state are uh, the things that I care about. Mm-hmm. Like you Me said, too. social mm-hmm. security, minority affairs, indigenous affairs, social family, inclusion, family, etc. I'm curious whether or not I I always want to know cause and effect. Or I always want to know mm-hmm. is it because we choose or we're pigeonholed? Like, are women choosing those See, I think the answer is yes. Yeah. I think the answer is yes. I think, you know, based on all of the data that we've looked at over these last years on the podcast, mm-hmm. we know that women are better, that, you know, generally speaking, women are better at, we know that women are the ones who are pushing diversity in the workplace. Mm-hmm. We know that they're pushing for family. They're pushing for kids. So it is, yes, whether it's experience, whether it's our brains, how our brains are wired. I don't know. It's all the things. Yeah. Yes, we are better. And it's also driven by bias. Yeah. yeah. I think it's both. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, more statistics. Women in national legislative bodies like parliament. Um, Congress. Congress, etc. There are only six countries in the world who have 50% or more women in their legislative body. And I want you to blow our minds by telling us what six countries those are. Rwanda, Cuba, Nicaragua, Mexico, and New Zealand. Oh, and uh, Amer- the um, United Arab Emirates. 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 The United, the UAE, as yeah. they call themselves. I, I always do that. I always screw because that Because everybody up. says the UAE. You know, ba- Baxter, my kid, had to tell me how to pronounce that one time. So anyway, yeah, that's that's it. Those countries. Okay, is that surprising to anybody but me? No, it's I hope everybody's like, what? Rwanda has 61% women and Mexico has and, 50%? Yeah. And Nicaragua. Cuba has 53? Yeah. It's interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Also, they did the same thing with this statistic as they did before. At the current rate of progress, gender parity in national legislative bodies will not be achieved before... 2063. Yeah. 2063. Which actually, given the numbers we heard before, oh, that's only in 40 years. Yeah, that's a heck of a lot sooner than we're going to have uh, gender parity in heads of state. But still, shocking, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And this, this, is, this has impact. Why do we care? Why do we care? Because like we said... When women are in elected office, when women are in positions of power, they speak for you, sister. Mm-hmm. They speak for me. Mm-hmm. They speak for all of us. And there's a growing body of evidence that shows that they move the issues that we care about forward, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Also out of that UN report, their conclusion was that there really is a body of really good evidence that women's leadership, just as you said, Mm -hmm. improves on certain kinds of work, certain Mm -hmm. kinds of policies, certain kinds of projects. And I love this one. So in a study of the kind of local governmental councils in India, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to pronounce it right, Panchayat. they discovered that the number of clean drinking water projects was 62% higher in areas that were led by that had that had a higher um, percentage of women on those councils. Yes. So the higher the percentage of women on a council, the more clean water projects there were in a particular area as compared to councils led by men. Yes. So isn't that interesting? Mm. So I think I believe, let's just let my bias brain work, right? That women care about clean water because that's how babies and children get sick. 
mm. is by not having clean water, mm-hmm. right? So we think that, I mean, I believe then we got clean, we, clean water then lifts everybody up in yep. the community, yep. right? Yeah. Okay, so that's my thing. In Norway, they actually found that there is a direct causal relationship between the number of women on their municipal councils and whether or not they have childcare, the percentage of children who have childcare sure. in that same community. Absolutely. Isn't that nuts, though, yeah. that men have not been able to accomplish that when they are in the majority? And not only do women bring different issues than mm-hmm. men do to the to the table, they work on these issues differently. Very differently. So there's a lot of data out there now that shows that women are working across party lines more effectively. They're more willing to dive into a politically combative environment to solve problems, particularly when it involves like gender equity, elimination of gender-based bias, prevent, pre, 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 let me try that again. Mm, keep pa- on, keep pa- it parental on. Parental leave, yeah. parental leave, yeah. childcare, pensions, all of those things, they're really willing to dig into a lot of, to dive into a lot of conflict. Yeah. So the way that women do their work as legislators is also different than the way men do their work as legislators. They're in this leading regard. with love. Oh, it's so interesting. And compassion. So interesting. Which I, I'm going to pause here. I know we're in like a statistic uh, roundup. Showdown. <laughs> but I was just talking about this difference with uh, regards to addiction. And I don't know if it necessarily proves out with uh, leaders, with le- um, elected leaders or not. But I want to talk about just leading with love with addiction because it's this has been the biggest mind shift for me. Mm. And it's happening nationally. Um, but I think it's happening with our lo- local electeds as well, where for so long we criminalized addiction. And I was all for it. Lock them up. Let's get them off the streets. Let's get, let's, I don't want to be bur- burglarized, you know, because mm-hmm. somebody is trying to, yeah, right? Yes, let's use our legal system to get these people away. And now we're leading, we're, we're doing so much more at the local level and maybe federal too about let's keep these people alive. Let's treat them with compassion. Let's, let's make sure they're housed and fed and not, you know, overdosing on our streets. Mm -hmm. And I think those are the kinds of policies we're talking about. We see that like in community courts, right? Drug court. Yeah. Like you go into drug court with an, with an addiction or a, a drug crime and you can actually go into you know, they evaluate you, go into drug treatment, and you can really work your way out. Because when we have crime, those are people in our society who don't belong. Mm-hmm. We put them away. Yeah, They do not belong. So what we're learning to do is to create a path back to community. Sure. Right? So yeah, you're outside because you're behaving in this way, and this is dangerous for people around you. But we are now doing things to create a path a a process to get back into community, which is very different than, like you said, it was 20 years ago. That's right. And I think those are the kinds of policy shifts that are being brought forth by women, Mm -hmm. by having, by leading with compassion and voting on or introducing legislation that really changes the way that we see fundamental things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in this case, right now they're saying the, the solution to addiction is, not sobriety, it's community. That is, yes, that, isn't that fascinating? That is fascinating. And that's been a real big mind shift for me. Like I said, this whole 
transition um, that you referenced in our at the beginning of this show is really forcing me to look inward. Those kinds of things wouldn't happen if we didn't have women in positions. Yeah, I don't of think power. so either. I don't think they so either. Ju- we just they just wouldn't. Um, okay, so thank you. And back to statistic roundup. Back to statistics. So, and of course, in the U.S., like we were not one of the countries that has a majority or no. higher than a majority of women yeah. as legislators. Nor did we even hit forty percent, no. which many countries in Europe have. Yeah, we are at nineteen point four percent in Congress. Yeah, right. Yeah. Nineteen, yep. and that's federal. Yeah. In state legislatures, we're a little bit better, Mm 24.2, okay? And the scarcity of elected women is even more dramatic when you consider that we have been around Mm -hmm. for 250 years, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So The U.S. has been around. Yes, we as a country, Yeah, give or take. And what I I read in this wonderful article from... um, it was it's called for, it's from a, an organization called politicalparity.org and the thing that the, in the article that i read was like imagine and i want to give credit where credit is due imagine what we might look like today mm-hmm. if we had gender parity since 1776 yeah yes i mean just pause for a moment and think what our society, our community, our schools, our prisons, our jails, our community health centers might look like. Because we know from the data, with mm-hmm. the presence of women, things change. Mm-hmm. So I just have like a combination of a little bit of grief. And yeah, maybe it's not a combination. Maybe it's just stinking grief. And I got a little bit of a giddy up. From that, that's nice. Good for you. You giddy up. I'll be. I'll you be sad. I'm gonna you get get, up. A, get after it because I think the other thing. This is that, why we have friends. I know because <laughs> together we're a complete thought. No, and I think the, I mean, and the other thing you said about this before we hit record was we've also got 250 years of men making policies for men. Yeah, and that and, and again, yeah. Imagine what have been like. Mm. That would have been, that's nice. I'd like to imagine that. But now we have opportunity. And that's really what this episode is about, is we have opportunity. We have opportunity to change that. Which is the giddy up. Which is the go vote. Which is the go vote as an informed voter and for women. Yes. And for women. Exactly. Um, Okay, let's talk about legislative action. Okay, in the U.S. particularly, we have some really good stats. Um, I wouldn't even call these stats. I would say findings. Findings by Sue Thomas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She found that uh, women were more likely to make bills dealing with women's issues, like we've already said. And this proves out um, in multiple different studies. Um, and particularly in our own 103rd and 104th U.S. Congresses. Yeah. So we hear these things from the rest of the world. Right. Yep. And we know from the percentage of women in our state and federal legislators, just hovering around 20 percent, give or take a bit, Mm -hmm. that that we should not be surprised to see this. Right. But it does prove out in the U.S. as well. It's not just India where women are doing clean water to have better health. Those same kinds of issues are happening in the U.S. Yeah, exactly. Um, You know, and it's you it is kind of interesting to think about why yeah it and is it because we have experience as caregivers is it because we know what it's like to have a um government body 
try to, or not try to, effectively essentially limit what we can do with our bodies? Mm-hmm. Um, is it because we are not necessarily, maybe, you know, but not necessarily the people who are going to walk two miles to get clean water, but we are seeing those, the impacts, we're dealing with the impacts of this legislation firsthand. Mm-hmm. Um, the, we're dealing with the impacts of legislation. And like I said at the very beginning, when I talk to women, elected officials, there's a whole lot I don't have to say, mm-hmm. right? Because I think that those experiences, both in their lives in their physical bodies, in the roles they play in the world, really change things. Yeah. And before we leave this topic of what it means to have women in positions of public power, yeah, it's interesting that um, one of the researchers, Susan Swears, found that many women in Congress are also using their position to combat bias. Mm. They are wanting to be on the military and the national security committees. They're wanting to be on 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 those kinds of committees or positions or roles that are seen as traditionally male mm-hmm. because they, one, they have a lot to bring to the table, and two, they really are taking affirmative action to say women can do this too. Yeah which then opens up the door to all kinds of things. Women serving in military, women serving as officers. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It just is like, let's let's show that this can, should, will be done and done well. Yeah. yeah. And we also know from other research and other shows that when women are in positions of leader, they elevate more women. They not mm-hmm. only act as that um, role model, they appoint and elect and bring in more of those voices. There is in some ways that domino effect. I do have one little nit to pick about this. What is it? Which is that they found in Congress, in U.S. Congress, that yes, women are more likely, elected women, uh, I'm sorry, elected, that's right, legislators are more, are hiring more women, but in their highest positions of power in their office, not necessarily. I have a question about that. I'm curious about I that. I have two questions. Is that because one, we're biased too? Mm, I bet. Okay. Yeah, sure. Or two, is it because that women have not yet had the opportunities to gain to the experience to be in those positions? Mm, both. I don't know the answer to I that. I bet it's both. And but more. I just want to call out in the highest levels in each of those offices, typically more, they're, they're not doing the, the female hiring more. Yeah. So I just call that out to say, we all got work to do. We all got work to do. Okay, which brings another point forth. And that is, we've been saying women, 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 vote for women. Mm-hmm. Make sure it's the woman you want to vote Absolutely. for. Too. You know, there was one great article in Ms. Magazine that basically said, you know, not all, it, women are not a monolith, right? No. You know, we, we also vote in different ways. We have different um, priorities. We... Whether you're a, whether you're a woman of color, you know, all of the things, right? Yeah. We do not vote as a monolith. We are very different. We elected Joe Biden. We also elected Donald Trump. Right. It's an interesting dichotomy. And uh, women of color vote differently, et cetera. So no, for, for sure. But this is all of these statistics, obviously, are generalizations, and they're looking at the whole field, which leads me to then this kind of in addition to voting, mm-hmm. make sure you're an informed voter. Mm-hmm. You know, don't just obviously check you know, the box check for the, the box. woman. Don't just check the box for the woman because you could get somebody that's you know, so that 
there's a lot of women out there who are surprising, to say the least. Yeah, but also recognize that um, you have an opportunity to get to know these potential electeds throughout this process. And you still have two weeks. You can show up to forums. A lot of them are online. Mm -hmm. You can go to those fundraisers or house parties. You can ask those hard questions. You're very likely going to get some kind of a voter's pamphlet that describes the different initiatives that gives the the uh, candidates a chance to respond to questions. I'm going to put a big plug in to the League of Women Voters wherever you are. They're amazing. They are nonpartisan. And their whole goal is civic engagement, right? Mm-hmm. And they want you, part of civic engagement is being informed. Being informed. Being informed, yeah. When somebody knocks on your door who's running for office, ask, talk to them. Yes, talk to them. Ask them the hard questions. And tell them what you care about. Exactly. Tell them what you care about. Exactly. And then if you do find candidates, obviously, that you like, not only do you want to vote for them, you want to host, you know, get together so your friends get to know them, too. You want to potentially support them in volunteering their, for their campaigns and doing um, and donating. Some of the it, donating. That's a great one, too. Some of my favorite things are when somebody texts me and says, hey, what are you thinking about this initiative? I'm really struggling. Mm -hmm. So I really encourage folks to reach out to people that they like to talk with and think with about these issues. What are you thinking about this? Mm -hmm. What's your opinion? Yeah. Share yours. Exactly. And I really do want to, I'm going to, I'm going to give you what the League of Women Voters, like, one of their campaign slogan, one of their, I shouldn't say campaign program slogans is their get out the vote. It is every vote counts. Mm. Every vote counts. Which we are jaded. It, and I, and I in and a lot of ways I've not be. I've heard that so many times. Oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And it and it does matter. It does matter. It matters. We recently had an initiative here in our county. It's called a children's initiative. There's a half a dozen throughout the U.S. We are one of the first ones to pass mm. at the first try, and it is a tax, a property tax, to raise money for early childhood education before five. Yep. Because we know 75%, 85% of what goes on in our brains happens before we're five. And those kids are not in school. Yep. Right. Child care, all of the things that support children and a healthy start in life. It passed by 20 votes. 20 votes. And I am so glad that I got my kids ballots and I sent them to them and I bugged them and I said, did you drop it? Did you drop it? Did you drop it? Because, you know, that's three more votes of that 20. Yeah. Yes. It voted. It it counts. Your Mm -hmm. vote counts. Your vote counts. So um, please find the resources available to you to make sure that you are registered, to get to your polling place, to fill out the ballot if it comes to you by mail, to be informed about who you're voting for, and continue to elevate women in elected office. It matters. Because it's, and it's also exciting. I mean, it's super exciting to see what happens in our community when there are women participating. And it's the things we know that give us like the happy, healthy community where everybody belongs. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. And before we end, and we want to tie this back to work because that's really what it's all about. We're talking about work. (laughs) We are. And why? Why does it matter, KB? Here, because all of these things that we're talking about, you know, childcare, clean water, families, it is what allows us as women to work 
with ease, meaning and joy. That's right. I mean, we it, we it is not it's so hard to do it alone. It is impossible, I believe, to do it alone. So all of the things we're talking about directly impact our ability to as I always say, play our cellos in the world, you yes. know, to live out our our purposes, our meanings, our joy um at work. That's right. And 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 people who are in elected office also make policies about work, not just about the social issues that you referenced, but about pay equity, pay equity, and discrimination, exactly, workplace safety. Yes, all the all, all of, of the, the things good, good stuff that matter to you on a daily basis. Okay, did we do it? Did so we motivate you? Check ya? those boxes, sisters. Check the box, check sisters. Em. All right, thanks for listening. Take care. Krina and Kirsten Get to Work is recorded and produced by yours truly, Krina Hoyer and Kirsten Barron. Find all of our episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, on our website, or email us at yougettowork at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. listening. <laughs>